You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. How many times do I not understand? Lord, I don't understand. Okay. Here's the thing, J.D. If you did understand, you would lean on that understanding and you would only be at peace because you understand. The peace that I want to give you does not come when you understand. It's in spite of understanding. It surpasses understanding. I want to give you peace even when you don't understand. We do not always understand God's Word and His calling. However, in today's message, Pastor J.D. reminds you that in your lack of understanding, well, this is exactly where God wants you to be. He wants you to lean on Him. When you're at the end of yourself, the Bible says you'll be given the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. There are many times when I find myself across the pastoral desk of counseling merely telling somebody, here's where in God's Word you need to be. And here's the thing about being in the Word of God. You know, when those storms hit, you had better know the Word of God at times like that. You had better have the Word of God written on the tablet of your heart. You need to know the Word of God. I I liken it to this. You know, when we get those uh, hurricane warnings here in Hawaii, and a lot of us will, you know, take precautions, tape up the windows, or even, if need be, board up the windows. You know, uh, that's preparation. That's preemptive, preventative. And that's the way the Word of God is. Because when that storm hits, you, you can't, there's no more time. It's too late to go out and start boarding up the windows of your life, of your Christian life. The Word of God is the counselor. Verse 25, my soul, listen to the the cry of the psalmist's heart here. He says, my soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, verse 26, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I, here's that word again, very important, meditate on your wonderful works. Let me just maybe parenthetically say, that whenever you read about meditating on the Word of God, you have to understand that it carries with it the idea of, and you'll forgive the, the graphic nature of the illustration, but it's a regurgitation and a chewing on and a digesting of and an assimilating of the Word of God. Memorization has its place, and I think some people have 
a gift that way. They have, you know, some people have photographic memory, and they can just recall and memorize virtually instantly. And I think that that has its benefit. But more than memorization of God's Word is meditation and even application of God's Word. It's when God's Word becomes real in your life. And listen to what the psalmist says, how he says it. He says, so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. Now verse 28 is interesting, and I want to talk a little bit about it. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me, verse 29, the way of lying, and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I cling to your testimonies. Kind of has this idea of, I hang on for dear life. Your word, your word is life. Your word is alive. I'm, I'm hanging on to your word for dear life. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. It's this fourth section that I want us to spend the remainder of our time talking about because it speaks to the power of God's Word during trials. You know, it's been said that you're either in a trial, on the tail end of a trial, or, I know you don't want to probably hear this, you're about to go into a trial, so have a nice evening. <laughs> I mean, are not trials part of the Christian experience? Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33, said it this way, in this world you're going to have problems. You are going to have tribulations, trials, difficulties, pain, suffering. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. In other words, you're going to have trials. You're going to have difficulties. And where do you turn in those trials? The Word of God. I think it was last week we talked about uh, what one has called the tale of two men. These two men had quite a bit in common. They both wanted to build a house. Uh, they both had heard the teachings of Jesus. And one man chose to build his house on the rock. And so when the storms came, that house was immovable, could not be shaken. And conversely, the man who chose to build his house on the sand, didn't take much. Here comes this storm, down the house goes. What was the difference? The foundation. What's the point of the parable? The point of the parable is, Jesus said, the one who builds his house on the rock, on the stone, 
that foundation that cannot be moved is the one who not only hears my words, they both heard the words of Jesus, but it's the one who puts them into practice. The one who applies the Word of God, so that when, not if, oh, I wish it were if. I wish that Jesus in John 16, wouldn't have said it the way He said it. I wish He would have said it this way. In the possibility, in the event, that you could possibly encounter, by chance, a trial, <laughs> be of good cheer. He doesn't say it like that. He says, no. In this world you will, not you might, not you could, not it's a good possibility, you will have tribulation. In Acts 27, uh, Paul is on this ship. It's his fourth shipwreck. Can you imagine? And here he is in Acts 27 on this prisoner ship, and here comes this storm. Hurricane force winds. And I mean, they all think, they all basically think this is how it ends, including Paul. And he had been in a shipwreck three times before, but this storm, he thinks that's it. It's over. This is how it ends. And they had all given up hope, but God, but God, maybe better said, but the Word of God. And this is what the psalmist is saying. Stay with me. He's saying that his soul is clinging to the dust. What does that mean? I would suggest that he is on his face. I mean, he's, he's tasting the dust. He's on his face on the ground before God. What about this? What is melting from the heaviness. He says that my soul is clinging to the dust and my soul is melting from the heaviness. I truly believe that the psalmist is describing a season in his life where he is at the end. He has lost all hope. His soul clings to the dust. This melting, I believe, is weeping. His soul is just melting from the heaviness of that which he is experiencing. And he cries out to God, and he's pleading with God, and he's begging God to revive him. He, he's at the end of himself, the end of his life. He is so weak. There are no words. There are only groans and weeping and moans from the heaviness. I like how G. Campbell Morgan said it. The singer is bowed down, overwhelmed. He sorely needs help and strength. How does he seek it? Not by asking for pity, but, listen to this, by a determined, here's that word again, application to the law of his God, the Word of God. The Word of God revives me. The Word of God strengthens me. Let me, let me do this. Where does faith come? By hearing and hearing 
of the Word of God. That's how we, when we apply the Word of God, can be revived. Think of it this way. You cannot revive something or someone unless you yourself are alive to revive. I know that rhymes, right? You, you have to have life to revive life. He's talking about being revived. He's at the end. And he's turning to the Word of God as his soul melts, as his soul clings to the dust, and he turns to the Word of God, and I'll say it again, the God of the Word, and the Word of God revives him in this deep, deep trial that he's in. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, and we'll close. You know this well. For the Word of God is alive. It's alive. It comes to life. You know, that's why it is that when you're in the Word of God, and I mean, you've read that passage so many times before, but you're at a season in your life where that verse comes alive and jumps off the pages of your Bible, and it is so real. It's like you're reading it for the first time. And it's so applicable, and it's almost like God is putting your name, which by the way is a good thing to do, especially when it comes to applying the Word of God, putting into practice the words of Christ. But you put your name in there. I, I do this. It's uh, interesting sometimes, but I'll just take Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 as an example. And so it reads something like this. I'm a pretty hard on myself. It's kind of like, you idiot, J.D., <laughs> why do you insist on leaning on your own understanding? See, it's kind of this last week in my uh, devotions, I'd never seen this before. God connected two very powerful life verses in His Word that I had never seen a connection before. And it's Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, you know this uh, verse uh, passage as well, right? Uh, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Thank God for anything. And the peace of God that transcends, this is the key word, human understanding, bypasses your human understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, let's go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Starts off, do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, and by the way, both those passages are a conditional promise, and they have three conditions and one promise. It's worry about nothing, thank Him for anything, pray about everything, and you'll have that peace that surpasses understanding, human understanding. In Proverbs, it's don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. Those are the three conditions, and the promise is He will direct your paths or make your paths straight or straighten them out. Okay? The key component, the common denominator between both promises and both passages, which for some are life verses, is this word understanding. And let me explain how I get there. It's this peace, this direction this answer from God, this promise in the Word of God, 
that comes, not by understanding. Because see, if I only had peace when I understood, I'm not going to have peace very, because how many times do I not understand? Lord, I don't understand. Okay, here's the thing, JD. If you did understand, you would lean on that understanding, and you would only be at peace because you understand. The peace that I want to give you does not come when you understand. It's in spite of understanding. It surpasses understanding. I want to give you peace even when you don't understand. When the situation is so perplexing, so complex, I mean, you're looking at this situation and you're just thinking to yourself, there's just no way. Way. No, but this is impossible. Oh good, because I'm the, hello? I'm the God of the impossible. In fact, when it's still possible for you, then it's not really possible for me. It's only when it's impossible for you. You you just don't understand. This does not make any sense. Isn't that when we go to the Lord? Isn't that when we acknowledge the Lord? Isn't that when we trust in the Lord? See, if we did understand, and we had that understanding, well then, I don't need to bother you, Lord, on this one. I got this figured out. Oh, you do, do you, JD? (laughs) Okay. You know, one thing about God, He will not force His will, His way on us. He will wait until we come to that place where we just throw up our hands and say, Oh Lord, I can't do this. What am I going to do? Oh, you don't know what to do? No, I don't know what to do. I do. You do? Yeah. Why don't you just come to me and let me do this? I am God. I will do this. In fact, I orchestrated the circumstances in your life so that you would come to the end of yourself so that I could be God in your life. I brought you to this place in your life where the situation is so complex and so impossible so that I can be the God of the impossible. Will you just acknowledge me? Will you trust me? Will you pray? (laughs) Why is it that sometimes prayer is the last resort instead of the first response? Reminds me of the husband and the wife. They're having this conversation, and the wife goes to the husband and says, Honey, we need to pray. To which the husband responds, Is it that bad? Really? It has to be that bad before we acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways? Why is prayer the last resort instead of the first response? What is it about us? And I speak for myself. So many times in my life, you know, some of us are just wired this way. You know, we just got to figure it out. We got to pull myself up by the bootstraps and roll up my arm sleeves and, you know, I'm going to figure this out. And I just picture God just going, okay. When you beat your head up against that wall the 829th time, I'll be here. And if you'll come to me, and cry out to me, and acknowledge me, and trust in me, I will do this for you, and instead of you. And oh, by the way, 
when I do it, if you'll let me do it, it's always perfect. It's always perfect. You know the three-step program? Step number one, realize you can't. Step two, know he can. Step three, let him. Let him. Let him do it. Okay, Lord, please, I can't do this. Please, Lord, do this. I don't understand. And I, I just picture the angels given charge concerning me. I just wonder when we get to heaven, if we're going to get to meet the angels that were given charge concerning us here on earth. I really want to meet them. I may not want to because they, they might come up to me and go, you, you, man, you, we, we petitioned the throne to get assigned to somebody else. You. I hope they don't do that. But uh, I just picture the angels given charge concerning me when I come to God and I throw up my hands and I say, God, I can't do this. I just picture them saying, it's about time. You could have saved yourself so much suffering, so much needless pain had you but come to the Lord sooner and let Him do it. Because God's the one who gets all the glory. You know, sometimes I think in our flesh, in the energy of our own flesh, we try to do those things in our lives, and no flesh is going to glory in His presence. So God will always thwart that. And in the end, God will always get the glory. So the Word of God is alive, and it's active. Now, think of it this way. The Word of God comes to life and activates. It's activated. It does something, and it revives you, and it strengthens you. It activates and strengthens you. Now, it gets even more detailed here. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates. Think of it not as a sword that kills, but a a knife, a surgical knife that cuts, very precision, even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. What does that mean? Oh, it means this. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's the Word of God. That's the Word of God that we turn to in those times when our soul clings to the dust and melts from the heaviness under the weight of the trial that we're in. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
we do treasure our connection with our listeners, we'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.